music was created before we were. It's a spiritual experience. Have you ever heard of the word koinonia? For those of you who haven't, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's a Greek word used in the New Testament. Thirteen times it is translated as fellowship. Four times it is translated as communion. By some it is called one of the rites of the church, R-I-T-E-S. We call it a celebration in which we honor the memory of our Savior and his sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Most churches hold this celebration once a month. I've been in churches that held it every week. I was once Timothy for a pastor who held communion at all of his Bible studies. And on some days he taught three or four Bible studies. It might interest you to know that Jesus didn't call it communion or fellowship or even a celebration. We sometimes call it the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table or the Last Supper because it was his Last Supper before his crucifixion. The event at which Jesus said the things Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 was the Passover meal, the Jewish meal called a Seder. The Seder recounts and celebrates the story of the exodus of the Jews from Egypt when God freed the Hebrews from their bondage. God installed that ceremony specifically to point to what Jesus would do at Calvary. This special event had several parts and special elements to each part. Some spoke of the exodus from Egypt, some of the coming Messiah, while others spoke of redemption. Their bread was hard and flat like our saltine crackers, only bigger. It had little piercings that Christians recognize as symbolizing his piercings on the cross. There were several special cups of wine for special reasons. Most Jewish historians agree that the cup Jesus held up and proclaimed to be his blood was called the redemption cup. Passover happens once a year. It remembers the years in Egyptian bondage and their supernatural rescue at the hand of God using Moses. And it speaks of the coming Messiah. Jesus was informing his disciples that he was the fulfillment of the symbols in the ceremony. That he was the Messiah and the Redeemer. And he asked them to remember him. Each year at Passover when they ate that particular piece of bread and drank that particular cup of wine. Or whenever they ate that bread and drank that cup. His use of whenever tells us that he knew we would take it beyond and more often than the annual Jewish celebration. Because it was such a personal time of revelation and relationship, the early church began the tradition of holding communion quite often, not just once a year at Passover. It was and is a time of not only remembering and honoring him for his sacrifice, but of remembering and honoring him who he is to us now and every moment of every day. Our communion with Christ is not dependent on or subject to the physical elements of bread and wine, 
for us, the cracker and the juice. Communion with Christ is supposed to be a continual internal event that occurs in your spirit, soul, and mind. And according to Paul, it can have a major effect on your physical well-being. Paul warns us to examine ourselves and see if there's anything in us that stands between us and God, and to deal with it before approaching what I call the altar of fellowship with our Lord. That altar is your heart. It must be pure because it's a holy place if Christ lives in you. Sin must not be allowed a permanent place on that altar. That's why 1 John 1.9 is so very, very important. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Deal with your sin immediately, saints. Don't wait for communion Sunday. The devil, the hater of your soul, continually tries to corrupt and to usurp that altar for himself. And your decision determines if he is successful and how long he pollutes what rightfully belongs to Christ. Paul tells us that some people actually died as a result of dishonoring Christ by approaching his altar to honor him while the devil is sitting on it. If it was true then, folks, it is still true. Sin is no small matter. And the Lord's table, with its symbolism of fellowship with Christ, is more than a tradition. Christ gave his life to have that special position in your heart and in your life. Let me bring this a little closer to home for you by personalizing Isaiah's words in Isaiah 53. His body was ripped to shreds for the sake of your sin. He was mercilessly beaten for your evil behavior and immorality. The punishment that brought you peace with God was put on him. And with his stripes, you are healed. Easter is almost upon us again, but more than remembering his agonizing sacrifice, Christ asks us to remember him, the Savior, the lover of our souls. He asks us to remember that he is the bread of life and that he is our redeemer and sole source of salvation. Any day in which you have little or no connection or conversation with Jesus is a day of loss for you. He said in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. If you fail to include him in your every effort, your efforts will result in some kind of loss. The worst loss of all will be in your relationship with him, which is critically important to every facet of your life. I pray that the Holy Spirit will raise his voice to you as he endeavors to call you closer to the Savior. If we really understood how much pain we experience needlessly because our minds stray from Jesus and the Father, we would change our habits immediately. Let me prove it to you from the Word of God. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That shows us that remember me is a promise of peace from the Prince of Peace, 
another name that Isaiah gives to the Savior. Remember me as a promise of spiritual strength and relief when we have tough times and heavy loads. Again, from the word of God, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Remember me is a promise of acceptance by the Savior, no matter who you are or what you've done. It's never too late. You have not gone too far. Again, from the word of God in John six thirty seven, he says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and he that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Remember me is a promise of loyalty, faithfulness, and devotion as he continues to declare his dedication to you several times in the scriptures, including the last part of Hebrews 13, 5. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember me is his promise to be the true north of your spiritual compass and the north star that guides you through the rough waters and brings us safely home at the end of the journey. Remember me is a call to, the great, to be grateful for the love of God that could not and would not leave us helpless or hopeless. But he considered us more precious than life itself, as it says in Hebrews 12:2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We were the joy set before him for which he willingly endured the cross and all the pain that came with it. Remember me is an invitation to draw closer to know him and the father more intimately as in John 17, three, and this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. To partake of the communion elements is to say yes to his offer to partake of his divine nature, to receive into your heart and life the very bread of heaven and the power of his blood so magnificently displayed in his resurrection. That partaking is made complete by the surrender of your heart, which is the gift he most longs for, and it's a trophy he values vastly above the cost. Your heart this morning can fashion those elements within your devotion as you purpose to fashion your life and all its decisions according to the standards set by Jesus and to plant all your hope in the one who continually calls, remember me. But let a man examine himself, the scripture says, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. All the good that God desires for you must begin with your repentance and request for forgiveness. Let's take just a few seconds here right now to accomplish that. Examine yourself. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. 
This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Yes, he died. Recognize that and appreciate that, honor that. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again to life, never to die again. Recognize that, appreciate that, honor that more than anything else. Remember me is a cry of I love you. From the depths of the heart of Christ to your heart. If your heart should ever hear it and receive it, you will be forever changed. You will never be the same. While communion service is once a month, fellowship with Christ is every day, 24-7. And Jesus is an integral part of life and of your very being, as in Acts 17, 28. For in him, we live and move and have our being. And this is what he is like. <laughs>